Hey comic syllabus friends, um, this is the uh, segment, a little bit extra from what we normally do, where I want to talk about um, part one of the 2021 Eisner nominees. Um, I enjoy when this list comes out, maybe even more than the announcement of the winners, because what I love about awards um, is uh, not that they make very much sense to me why who wins and 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 the wherefores and so on um or the intrigue or the politics but just actually the lists i just love a good list of things that i can um compare against you know panel of judges group of voters and say you know what things have i not discovered read appreciated enjoyed that others have so um i am it, when the Eisner nominees come out, I'm here for it. And um, and I just want to run through those lists today with y'all comic syllabus uh, listeners and, you know, maybe some of my own thoughts. And um, and uh, so for many of these categories, I'll run through the nominees, what I know about them, some of my thoughts, and also um, tell you about one in particular that stands out for me, which may or may not have been the uh, one that I, I voted for. Um, when, with my Eisner vote um, as an as an educator, as a comics educator. So we begin with Best Continuing Series. And um, the nominees here are, um, are include some things that were new series and that we'll see in the Best New Series category as well, such as Department of Truth, and then some old standbys like Usagi Yojimbo. If I'm not wrong, last year Bitterroot won in this category, or maybe it won in Best New Series. I don't know. But it's one, one of my favorite comics, as you may have heard. And also apologies if you still hear fireworks. We are the day after the 4th of July. And um, what can I say? I live by Oakland. Um, the town loves its fireworks. So anyway, Bitterroot, um, one of my favorite comic series going. Um, Gideon Falls has um, a real intriguing... Um, uh, you know, sort of horror sci-fi premise to it. I think I read the first arc of that. I was very impressed. I always liked the, the team up of Jeff Lemire and Andrea Sorrentino. Um, that's a great series. Department of Truth, also super intriguing. Also, you know, slightly scary, slightly conspiratorial. Um, really interesting. And, um, and you know, dark in, in many ways. Uh, I like that series as well. Been trying to keep up with it. Uh, it's got a ton of mysteries. That's part of the point. Um, I am a huge fan of the Daredevil um, run by Chip Zdarsky and primarily Marco Cicero right now going at Marvel. And uh, you know, I mentioned it a, a couple times in the podcast since we've been back um, post um, post quarantine here. Um, so those are all great series. Um, Stillwater is one that I admit I haven't checked out. Um, by uh, Zdarsky and Ramon Perez. I, I, um, you know, I've been sort of saving up maybe uh, to read that in, in, in a long chunk. Um, intriguing story as well about, I think, a town where people are coming back to life. Um, so there's a lot of new stuff and I, I count here four image series. Is that right? Bitterroot, Department of Truth, Gideon Falls, and Stillwater. Uh, I, I count two Zdarskys <laughs> in, this, in this set. Um, but the one title that um, is just a standby, and I'm always like, it, it's shown up on this list of nominees for Best Continuing Series a bunch of times, but I just feel like it's a year where Stan Sakai and Usagi Yojimbo, you know, um, it's not it's not like we, they, it always deserves to be the Best Continuing Series, but it's a year where, if you may have heard in the last Polybag uh, episode, uh, IDW is reprinting some classic Usagi in color, 
obviously that's not why you know it deserves this award but it's just an, an acknowledgement um this is a year in which you know i just feel like um stan sakai is very much continuing to adapt um usagi right and and the 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 runs that we had in 2020 were both you know further examples of of um sakai's brilliant storytelling and still fresh you know still finding ways to uh, even now introduce new characters and more backstory and um you know variations in how these stories are told that i would just love for this year despite the sort of value of all of the other nominees for this to be a year where um one of the years where we acknowledge um usagi yojimbo's greatness um so i may have put my vote in that direction <laughs> um in some ways i think many of these other series split the vote for me um in terms of 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 hitting a similar uh you know, chord for me of, of appeal and last year bitter root was my favorite and um and i think it went on to win i don't know that usagi has that kind of a chance this year um since i think people will take it for granted as something that's always there but i just if there's a year to reward something for just always being special and being especially special i feel like 2020 was the year for usagi so that's best continuing series nominees moving on to best limited series um we have a bunch of things that this was one of the categories where i was most like yes my tastes are confirmed <laughs> because there are things I liked that didn't show up here, but the things that did show up here, I also really, really liked. So, um, Barbalian Red Planet, um, by Jeff Lemire and, um, Tate Bromball and, uh, uh, Gabriel Hernandez-Walta, um, was one of the miniseries that I just, I have a feeling would be here. Um, it was a slow build and, um, but to like, take up the issues of society's non-tolerance, um, both in the native sort of Mars of, of Barbalian and here on, on our as well, um, uh, LGBTQ um, characters like Barbalian. Uh, I just thought it was done with great sensitivity and drama. Um, Decorum is one of those series that, um, like many Hickman things, I have no idea what's going on most of the time, but Mike Huddleston's art on it was utterly uh, mind-blowing <laughs> I, I loved decorum and I, I never could figure out what, what was happening um, I'm waiting for the the handsome hardcover volume to show up um, in shops for me to reread it try to make some sense some heads or tails of what that was about um, nonetheless a very beautiful book and, and Hickman um, is always doing something even if I'm not a hundred percent crystal about what that is um, strange adventures I feel like I understand why it's on this list. Perhaps it deserves to be on this list, but at least the issues that came out in 2020, I wasn't that excited about them. It really is the twists and turns, I mean, and it was signaling. I knew this is where it was going, but it really was the twists and turns that we've seen in the issues that come, have come out this year that have really won me over to that series. And, uh, whoops, that's my And, um, and so I, I didn't want to give it to Strange Adventures quite, um, for 2020's Best Limited series. Um, I was, however, a huge fan of Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen. Loved it, collected it, read it, laughed up, laughed it up. Um, Matt Fraction and Steve Lieber kind of doing Jimmy Olsen with some, some you know, uh, genealogical history of Olsen's family. And, uh, and then, you know, 
playing that out with great humorous effect. Um, and so I liked Jim Superman's pal Jim Wilson. We'll see it later on the list. I will give it its propers at that point. Um, uh, collected every issue, had a bound, um, love it. Not my favorite limited series of the year. And uh, again, where these Eisner lists do something really fun for me is letting me know about something I didn't know about, which I had seen and heard about We Live by the Miranda brothers, uh, Inaki and Roy Miranda. I think they're brothers, forgive me if I got that wrong, um, from Aftershock. But for it to land in this list of nominees, I was like, oh, I got to read that. So I picked it up on Comixology and, um, and it's pretty good. I'm, I'm about three issues into the first arc, which is collected in the um, and I'm enjoying it. Um, however, I, I wanted to give it a shot to totally enrapture me and win me over um, so that I could vote fairly. Um, it didn't in its first three issues. Uh, not enough to, to dethrone what is uh, my favorite, which is Far Sector. Um, listeners will not be surprised at all. One of my favorite comics of the last um, 12 issue run um, from uh, you know, sci-fi superstar N.K. Jemisin, um, Jamal Campbell's incredible, luscious, gorgeous art and visual world building and all kinds of things. Um, Far Sector is one of my favorite comics, period. And so definitely, despite um, some stiff competition in this category, I had to, um, you know, give it, give it my nod as something truly special, I think. Um, and it's fun to see Joe, um, the the main character of Far Sector showing up, Green Lantern run currently going. So um, I think that's a character that has some solid staying power and had a, a, a great. Um, all right, we move to best new, ser new best new series, and uh, a lot of again heavy hitters in this category. I had to say, Philadelphia is the one. Um, maybe <laughs> it's the kill in the title, and you know my aversion to things that are slightly horrific. Um, but I haven't read Philadelphia. Um, I don't apologize. <laughs> Looks pretty cool. Um, I, I I didn't even know that it was, you know, I didn't even hear that much critical buzz around it. So that's the one that I was a little surprised was on this list. Um, but the rest, no surprise at all. Um, Al Ewing's We Only Find Them When They're Dead is um, just graced with gorgeous art by Simone DeMeo that um, just, you know, the way that DeMeo uses color and dark and light um, in the, uh, in the context of this space, slow un unfolding space melodrama, really uh, multi-generational about, you know, scavengers of the bodies of gods and so on. Um, it's a great new series. Um, I've been collecting it in single issues because um, just so beautiful to look at and, and I trust Al Ewing as a storyteller. And even though it was a, I think it was a, again, a sort of a slow rumbling start. It's really momentum some force as it's now swinging into its second arc here. Um, crossover, I also get it. Um, talked about it in the last Polybagged as well. Um, I am a, you know, I, I can I can see the, the merits of the Cates and Shaw collaboration. Not my favorite in the world, but, um, but doing some great things. Department of Truth, uh, once again, just um, uh, full of, of um, chewy conspiracy to, uh, to gnash your teeth. Um, but my favorite new series of the year, um, you know, it, it, from this list, I should say, um, but one of my favorite new series, um, for real, has been the, the Kelly Thompson, Elena Casagrande, Black Widow. If you haven't seen this, 
Um, I mean, it was definitely meant to come out timed to the run-up to the movie before COVID delayed all of the MCU release dates and so on. Um, but you could just couldn't have a more power-packed creative team on it. Um, Kelly Thompson has been a great writer since she um, entered the uh, the field and got just gotten better and better, I feel like. Um, and now to where there's this Marvel architect status, I think that Thompson has. And um, uh, I think uh, she's just a fantastic writer. The premise from issue one of this Black Widow series, um, this sort of like suddenly Nat is in um, San Francisco and seems to have lost her own, you know, recall of her identity. She's got a family and, you know, friends. Uh, I think it's what's going on with Nat trying to fish out what's what's happening. Um, so it's just it's one of those intriguing, like displaced to a whole totally different life in a totally different world. And I won't spoil what happens with it, um, but just a, a really cool story really cool story premise um but it is the elena casagrande art that makes this book so you know like sumptuous for me it's just it's it's gorgeous and um the way that casagrande is every issue you know um thompson writes this page of what i forgot she called it something in the newsletter there's a name for it and i forget but basically one splash page multiple scenes that are sequential and you can kind of see the action across a single spread a two-page spread uh, it's just fantastic i love it um and the art is 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 just really beautiful um so um black widow is my favorite new series of 2020 uh if you told me in 2019 that that was going to be the series that i i you know really jumped at i would have been totally surprised so that's the best feeling right when comics can surprise you that way um the best single issue category is where i have to admit i had to play the most catch up um i read hedra by jesse longern when it um uh lonergan forgive me uh when it first came out um and it was intriguing i i i, I it was a, it was a nice um little mind bend uh of a moment um but it didn't really stick um, I liked Sports as Hell from Ben Passmore a lot. Talked about it way ago, way long ago, with um, with Johnny. Um, how you doing, Johnny? If you if you're listening, I miss you. Um, with Johnny on Comic Syllabus, and um, I had no idea about Stanley's Ghost, a Halloween adventure um, from Storm Kids. I did, did not know about it, but once I, once I saw it on this list again, picked it up on Comicsology and. I, I I admit still being a little puzzled by its presence on this list. I get it. It's a lot of fun and uh, and just a really well executed Halloween kids comic with um, some layers. So I could see that. So in the in a sort of Carl Barksian um, manner, I think uh, Stanley's ghost um, is a good issue. Um, it's just of such a strong one of these is not like the others. <laughs> um, but I, I think I, I understand why, and I won't actually um, delve too deep into it. But worth picking up if you're seeing this list and you're like, mm, "What's that?" Um, and then John Ridley and um, Giuseppe Comincoli's illustrated um, other history of the DC Universe has been a super cool series um, that I, I I really have enjoyed digging into. I think I've only 
read read. Um, there's a lot of prose to work through. I've only read the whole of, I think, the first two, but have just kind of dipped into the other ones about um, Rene Montoya and, and other characters in the DC Universe. Really seeing the uh, what it would be like if we truly saw the story and the worlds of DC from the perspective of these characters of color. Um, but this uh, first issue with um, Jackson uh, Pierce um, is, is, um, is a good one. I get why it's on here. However, here again, my nod to of appreciation to the Eisners. Um, the, uh, the Burning Hotels by Thomas Lampion from Birdcage, Birdcage Bottom Books. A, um, an issue of a comic I did not be totally off my radar. <laughs> until it was on this list. And so when I saw the nominees, I uh, tracked this one down, um, read it, listen. If there's one thing from this episode where I'm sort of like, yeah, if you haven't read that, you can go grab it <laughs> now that it's on this list and it's gotten the attention from it. Um, I, I've enjoyed a lot of stuff that Birdcage Bottom has come out with. And so the Burning Hotels is good. I'll, I'll leave it there. Um, it is in fact um, so good that it, it it rose above the other single issues for me. Um, I this is the one of those categories where I I'm clueless as to how a um, the, the the you know esteemed team of um, Eisner judges arrives at what lands on this list. Uh, I do like the diversity in the in the um, in the list of things here, um, but uh, what makes each of these you know have the merit of of being a single issue that lands on this list? I don't know, you know, Jordan uh, meme of that guy shrugging, I, I don't know. Um, but I, I do like my attention being drawn to these things and finding things like Burning Hotel. So uh, biggest recommendation of this particular segment, go pick up the Burning Hotels. You can you can get it on maybe on Gumroad or, or somewhere online and uh, yeah, get, treat yourself. Um, best short story is again a place where I, I um, Missed many of them as they originally came out. You know, I uh, read Det Detective 1027, and to be honest, the the Greg Rucka and Eduardo Riso story that's in there and nominated, it didn't jump out at me. I, I think I may have just glossed over it pretty quickly. Um, but uh, but you know, there it is. Um, two pieces by Chan Chow, one from Elements um, Earth, sort of a cycling through different elements anthology by creators of color um, that I've picked up uh, two of the other ones I think but didn't didn't this one so I haven't read parts of us um, but I did read and it's available online you can see there's a link there but if you go to the eyes are not on the list um, I think I'll try to attach in the show notes this episode a direct link to the list of the, the full list of the Eisner nominees from you know um, Eisner website um, but the soft lead I imagine lead as a reference to Clark Kent, perhaps, um, is available online. And um, I did a quick read of it. And I, I you know, for, for Chan Chow to appear twice on this list, definitely doing something right. Um, and uh, and this story is, is a kind of like non-DC Clark, but not Clark, but Clark. And, and Bruce Wayne, but not Bruce Wayne, but definitely Bruce Wayne. Um, really just kind of sitting at a table having a conversation and it becomes a really, um, uh, you know, conversation about identity. And it reminds me actually in the art in some ways of Tilly Walden um, work, um, which I mean as, as, a, as a comparison of high praise. Um, I also uh, note that on this list is uh, Garden Boys by, um, by Henry McCausland, um, which is in now number eight. And, 
I read now the anthology from Fanagraphics. Um, every issue until 8. <laughs> so, I have picked up now an array, but I haven't, as of this recording, read Garden Boys yet. Um, so, I this is a little bit of an unfair pick for me to have, you know, selected one without having read them all. Um, but I did read When the Menopausal Carnival Comes to Town, um, because um, Menopause, a comic treatment, which is a work of graphic medicine, uh, compilation of graphic medicine pieces, the press, um, with uh by um i'm gonna mispronounce this name but uh Sirwick, um is just a, a a very cool collection one that i both uh, enjoyed um, there were playful bits there were um reflective bits and um you know as a as a person who will not biologically experience menopause directly um actually was was pretty enlightening it was just really good to to kind of see these different stories at, come at this different topic and a, a fine example that volume of what graphic medicine can do in terms of the um, informative and therapeutic value of just considering our health our lives our bodies um, pathologies you know struggles um, through comics um, Mimi Pond is is um, one of my one of my favorite um, folks who just has had a big local impact in comics for those of us in the Bay Area. Um, so I liked this story a whole lot. Um, however, ultimately, it was um, Connor Williamson's story in the New York Times, I Needed the Discounts, which was in a series of New York Times. I think they were selections or short stories or pieces, basically kind of envisioning our, our near future, um, our near futures and, and what the world what shape the world would take in our um, technology-filled lives. And Connor Williamson's um, kind of reflection on people having bought into technologies that, you know, just we're sort of giving ourselves over to this <laughs> kind of um, existence, um, uh, you know, and, and all the surveillance that entails and all of the, um, you know, data that we are sort of giving away of our lives and, and so on. Um, uh, ultimately because, as the title says, I needed the discounts. Um, it just spoke to that, that nerve of, of, of unease that I have um, about how we are living our lives. It's, it's just great. Um, so, so for me, that was the, among, uh, again, a set of uh, the one I would put forward and recommend above all. Um, so then we now come to the best writer category. Again, I said this is part one, so we'll get to we won't get to all the categories in this episode, but we'll talk about some of them, uh, some of the other categories in a, in a part two coming up probably next week. Um, so I got to get on the soapbox a little bit with best writer. Um, not the first, and certainly not the only one to notice um, that the you know there was room enough for six best writer um, nominees, and they're all white men. Um, and, um, you know, I, I think there's some, some great diversity among them. There's incredible value in what they write. Um, I recognize, you know, um, James Tinian IV writing um, often openly from uh, uh, the perspective of a, a queer writer. Um, and, um, yeah, so I, I recognize the value of all of their work, their perspectives, um, but also, come on we got to be able to do better than this and not just for diversity's sake quote unquote but um but because there are but because Jin Wen Yang was an incredible writer in 2020 um and I know he shows up in the writer artist category in a second um but like the aforementioned um, Kelly Thompson 
Ron B was amazing in 2020. Chuck uh, Brown and David F. Walker. I mean, they're, I, I don't. It's, it's actually uh, defeating the 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 um, the argument for me to just try to list names of people of color and women writers who deserve it because it shouldn't even need to be said, right? And you know, I don't know. This is an argument I'm tired of having. Um, I'm even tired of the circumlocutions of moral logic that I hear people making to say, well, we can't do anything about that. Um, yes, J Jonathan Hickman's amazing. Yes, Matt Fraction wrote some amazing work. Um, yes, Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips and so on. Yes, yes, yes. But also, um, so I'm not even going to talk about who my favorite writer is on this list. I'm so disappointed in this outcome. Um, you know, there's a little sense of the Oscars so white um, phenomenon that we, yeah, just, I don't know, we can do better. Um, um, yeah. Having said that, I also have to note that the best writer artist category is also really cool and in a way has within it some of its own kind of diversity. And also, it appears, I could be wrong about this, but overwhelmingly um, white male and Asian uh, male presenting. Uh, I think that um, we're doing a little better in this category. Um, but um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I have been reading Ginseng Roots um, and sort of subscribed to get it. Um, Craig Thompson is... Um, I think working his way through what stories I should tell and how I should tell them. And um, and there's some stuff in there that I was just a little bit, especially as a Chinese person, I was like, hmm, what are you doing there, Craig? Um, but I think there's a lot of honesty in it as well, which, you know, the Craig Thompson of Blankets has uh, knows that a self-searching lens is his, is, is sort of his best, his best note. Um, and um, Adrian Tomine's book is um, also very searching and honest and embracing. Um, I have not read, but also have picked up this Mr. Invincible book, which I keep hearing about being a really good kind of alternative, interesting, you know, superhero take um, for kids. So I am, I can't wait to read that one. Um, and Junji Ito is a master. I'm also so terrified <laughs> from the few things that I've read of Junji Ito that um, I have not read. I don't. I do not read in the daylight sufficiently to engage deeply with Junji Ito's work. It is so terrifying. Um, and fans of this podcast will know I am a huge fan of Gene Luen Yang. Uh, you know, there's a, a thing that sits right there. Uh, tell, of him telling us to all to read off of Dragon Hoops and um, and so I am um, always in the bag for um, Jin Yang's work. However, um, for me, the achievement of the Magic Fish this year, such, such an amazing good graphic novel that um, if that uh, I I may have voted in that direction. I may have voted for um, Trung Le Nguyen, um, whose work was just pretty, pretty, pretty remarkable. Um, so very beautiful, um, and also in a way, you know, um, personal and and self 
know, self-searching like some of these other creators that I've mentioned, but fresh. So The Magic Fish, if you haven't read it, um, that is the book of 2020 that I, I would to pick up the graphic. Um, yeah, so that's our best writer artist category. And that brings us to, let me see if I can get this. Well, that brings us to the end of our list. Sorry, I thought my, my slideshow had died here. Um, but that um, that's our part one of our Eisner nominees for the, for the year. Um, come back next week um, and we'll do a segment with some of the other categories. Um, meanwhile, I hope that going through this list is encouraging or inspiring for you as it does as it did for me as it does for me of um of other things other comics that are are great that are out there that you may have missed um or overlooked um as well as acknowledging where we are as a you know as an overall field in comics so probably more to say about that next week as well um but thanks uh let's keep reading <laughs>